You are listening to the Catholic Recon Podcast, testimonies from Catholic reverts and converts. I'm your host, Eddie Trask. Don't forget to leave a review and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Catholic Recon Testimonies from Reverts and Converts. I'm your host, Eddie Trask. Don't forget to subscribe. I post a new video every Tuesday at three o'clock Mountain Standard Time. I want to, before I get into saying hi to this week's guest, I just wanted to mention I met Deacon Adam Curtis a few weeks ago at the Boise Men's Conference, Catholic Men's Conference, and I have here a short bio, just so you have a little bit of background. Deacon Adam Curtis has served at Ascension Catholic Church in San Diego since his ordination in 2015. He was originally from Baltimore and is a Navy veteran, and he had 26 years as a Navy SEAL officer, including command of SEAL Team 3 during combat operations in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I was just explaining to Deacon Adam that I was manning a booth at the men's conference and I didn't have a chance to hear the entire, his entire testimony. So I got bits and pieces and afterwards I had to tell him that was phenomenal what I did hear. And I'm fortunate enough to have this channel so I can invite people and, and get a chance to hear their whole story. So Deacon Adam, thank you so much again for agreeing to do this. And I look forward to hearing the whole story this time. Great to be with you, Eddie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So if you would, um, if it based on what you said at the men's conference, I don't remember where you started in the story, but I'd love to hear, and I know those are the listeners would love to hear how this journey began for you and how long it, it took this entire process. Yeah, uh, you bet. So kind of as background, it, yeah, you're, you mentioned first of all before I start, you know, I, uh, I you're in Boise, I'm uh, in San Diego. I was tempted to do this out on my porch in my short sleeves just because I could. <laughs> uh, it's about 80 here today, and you know, so my heart goes out to you. When I was there a couple of weeks ago, it was 14, and um, I was happy to get. It was my San Diego Appreciation Weekend, so. Uh, <laughs> so it's great to be with you. So. Uh, a little bit of background. So I, I'm, uh, as you said, when you introduced me, I'm from Baltimore. I, I grew up in the suburbs, you know, just a straight middle-class family, intact family, you know, solid, uh, but not religious at all. So um, my faith journey didn't really start till high school. And at that point, I got, you know, uh, invited to a, a Protestant youth group, uh, Young Life, if you've, if you've heard of those guys. Um, and I had no interest in anything religious, but there were girls I was interested in that were, you know, going to the, uh, going to this, they were purportedly supposed to be at this, uh, this meeting. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll go. And, uh, you know, I had a good time. You know, we sang some goofy songs and, you know, laughed a lot. And, and, uh, and I went back um, the next week and, and uh, kept going. And while I was there in a very um, non-pressure way, you know, very uh, easygoing way, kind of the, the capstone of each of these evenings of a lot of fun was, was the adult leader talking about Jesus Christ. And, and he laid it out, he laid out the good news in a way that was compelling. And I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm at least interested. And then I wound up on a, a retreat with the same group, um, you know, kind of against my better judgment. I was like, I, I don't do any of this stuff. And, uh, but I, they invited me and uh, were a little insistent and I said, okay, I'll go to, I'll go to the beach for uh, a weekend in March. And, um, 
And while I was there, uh, you know, I had the kind of the fairly standard Protestant altar call, didn't know it at the time, but, um, yep. you know, and I responded and I, you know, the, I, we were invited to, it wasn't a come forward altar call, it was more of a um, go take a walk, we're going to dismiss y'all and and um, you go wrestle with the the question of, you know, do you believe this idea that Jesus Christ is actually the son of God and he came to, so that we can have our sins forgiven. And if you do, then accept him as your Lord and savior. And you, we prayed the, you know, the sinner's prayer, you know, I, I need you, Lord, I, I invite you into my life. And, and that was the end of the story. I was, uh, you know, uh, in the Protestant vernacular in the eighties, uh, I was born again. Right. And, and everything was good after that. And, uh, it, as you know, that it isn't quite how it happens, but that was the start of it. But, and what I would say as with uh, many of my conversion experiences, you know, that one was, was partial. It was real. It was, um, you know, sincere. Uh, but, you know, I didn't put God on the throne and have my uh, life revolve around him. I, I believed though, I believed this guy, Jesus was divine. And, and uh, so that was the beginning. And uh, I'll, I'll, kind of walk through the eventual uh, journey to the church, but that, that kind of gets us started. Uh, what, at what age did that happen? So I was 16. And so um, no, no faith background up to that point, really, aside from what you just said about young life and having exposure there, but in childhood, there was really nothing. Well, no consistency, in other words. No consistency. The what I will say is, I'm actually more of a revert than a convert, right? So I was actually baptized Catholic. My mom's Catholic. It's been faithful her whole life. Uh, married to my my dad, who on whatever day you get him is either atheist or or agnostic, or somewhere in that realm. And and um, baptized through first communion. Um, I barely remember that. I was telling somebody not very long ago, I did first communion. I never had to do a confession because <laughs> my first confession was when I uh, got confirmed um, in 2000. So no many, kidding. many years. Okay. Ago. Okay. Yeah. So, so there were some gaps in my, you know, catechetical formation to say the least. Sure. Yeah. So anyway, um, and I went to church, you know, because mom made us um, until I was, cognizant enough to realize hey dad's not going and I'm yeah. going with dad and that and that happened at a very young age and and I, I wasn't anti I was just you know completely ambivalent and um you know would wind up going you know at Christmas or now and then but um but we weren't you know mom's faith and you know, like I said she is faithful just not her um her pretty private and I think that comes from you know just the the her upbringing and and whatnot yeah. so it, it just wasn't part and parcel to who we are who we were as a family particularly with my dad's kind of where he where he laid in the whole thing so so that was you know teenagehood and i, I graduated high school you know, a couple of years later and then um uh went off to the naval academy and i i described that period as kind of one foot in each camp you know i had my you know my bible study buddies my young life buddies you know, but my weekend buddies were a different group and they were, uh, they were not Bible study folks to say the least. And, um, and that when I went to the Naval Academy, I same, I, I kind of kept up the same thing. I found a great, mostly Protestant, um, organization and, you know, had great Christian friends, but on the weekends, I'd kind of hang with my, uh, less Christian friends and, and, uh, and, and never even, 
I think back on it, never really felt a pang about it until my junior year, my Christian group, we invited, um, we had, we had guest speakers regularly. One of them was a retired Marine, Tom Hemingway was his name. Um, amazing guy. And, um, he came and, and, um, talked to us and he, he, he had retired from the Marine Corps, you know, Vietnam vet, you know, tough as nails, retired from the Marine Corps. And he ran a, a retreat center in Colorado. And uh, he invited any of the midshipmen that wanted to go to come camping for two weeks uh, in the summer. And, and he showed us some pictures and he described, you know, we're going to do rappelling and rock climbing and, you know, uh, do 14ers and, and uh, this is going to be the, yeah, so I like sign me up. And again, kind of that, you know, I get brought into this, you know, opportunity for God's movement, not really because I thought it was like, hey, I, I need to make this next, you know, Christian step, but boy, did God use it. And um, while we were on this camping trip that he led himself and, you know, it, you know right in the collegiate peaks and uh, near uh, Buena Vista, Colorado, um, just gorgeous place. And, you know, what Tom kind of uh, used that opportunity to, to talk about Christian leadership to all of us, you know, budding uh, military leaders. We weren't all from Navy. You know, it, was, it was a uh, Navy, Army, Air Force, et cetera. And, um, and, and what I got out of that was his example of living an integrated life. He, he didn't have the, the dichotomy of the weekday version of his self versus the, uh, the weekend version. He's like, hey, I'm, if you're in, you got to be all in. And, uh, and if, if you're not in on the weekends, you're not all in. And therefore, you know, you really have a, um, you got to examine that. And by the end of that camping trip, what I realized that there was one thing holding me back from being all in. And, you know, because every weekend I would uh, drink and I like to drink a little bit, which led to drinking a lot. And, I, you know, I wasn't, you know, a full-fledged alcoholic, but you know, I was an alcohol abuser just about every weekend. And I really never saw a problem with it until I realized that's that was my big obstacle. So by the end of that camping trip, I decided I'm actually going to stop drinking and I stopped for 20 years. And then, uh, and so I kind of reinvented myself when I got back to my next event, which was on a cruise and overseas. And I, I just started it with, nope, I'm, I'm, I'm not drinking. And and it was hard at first, but it, what God showed me was that by taking, you know, by taking that being fully integrated seriously, that was the opportunity for him to, to you know, to grow me spiritually in a big way. Because, you know, in the next year, how much growth happened versus the previous five years of, of um, Christian uh, journeying, um, it was pretty amazing. So that, that was my big lesson learned. Then I graduated from the Naval Academy went off to uh, SEAL training here in San Diego and, uh, and got, was, um, you know, by God's grace, got, got through all that and um, got assigned to my first SEAL team and living the life, you know, I mean, I'm uh, still trying to be a serious, you know, Protestant Christian and um, had some, you know, some buddies that were linked up with at the time, you know, kind of just all keeping us uh, going the right direction and really just, you know, uh, getting after being a young SEAL leader and, and uh, it was a, just a terrific time frame in my life. And during that time, I met a wonderful gal and we shared our um, kind of being passionate about our faith. And uh, of course, there was one drawback. She was Catholic. And uh, that, was the, that was the challenge I had to get through. And 
I, uh, I quizzed her pretty incessantly on her love for our Lord and, and uh, why she worships Mary, because I had heard all those, all those things. And, and, um, and, but she passed, you know, she, she's like, yep, I, I really do love Jesus. So I was like, okay, maybe you can be Catholic and Christian. I've met one, you know, so uh, we're, we're good. And um, so uh, we dated and uh, wonderful experience of uh, courting and, and then, um, and then got married and got married in the, in the Catholic church, uh, no mass, you know, I considered myself Protestant um, despite my baptism. And, um, and then we lived, you know, for the first 15 years of our marriage, um, you know, kind of with one foot in each camp, you know, the, um, my, my intent, she's a child of the seventies. So she, uh, her catechetical formation had gaps in it as well. And, and I could kind of find those. And we were, we were mostly in a Protestant environment, you know, we'd go to mass on the weekends, but I would, it was just a matter of time in my mind before, you know, my persuasive arguments for, you know, leaving the Catholic Church fully, uh, we're going to, you know, take hold. And um, so, you know, I was comfortable with that. And we're just going to live along those lines. So you said, okay, you were going to mass, but also going to a Protestant service, or you were saying it was practically that the, the, that parish was very no, Protestant yeah, in their we, approach or what? No, it, we, we would go to mass. We, we didn't do a whole lot of it was get real involved with our uh, on the catholic church side got it the and, and we generally wouldn't go to a protestant service so on sunday we'd go to mass right got it um you know that in my mind that was mission field you know we were you know i was there to, to you know Angelize. convert all you yeah. Things, you know yeah. and then uh but every you know for for ever uh, before we got married and, and, you know, the first, you know, 20 years of our marriage, you know, we did a weekly Bible study that we either hosted or went to usually in this, you know, organization that, that, um, you know, military officers, Christian fellowship is what it's called. A great organization, non-denominational, but, but almost all Protestant. And that's what their model was, you know, kind of the, you know, the weekly Bible study. And that's where our growth was both of us, you know, we both grew so much in that, you know, just getting the word, you know, we're, um, Pope Francis calls, you know, calls it the, you know, letting loose the unruly word of God, right? And, and despite having, you know, some theolo theological problems that I can see as a Catholic now, um, what it was, was really fruitful time in God's word for, for a long time. And, and we were growing there and not understanding anything about the church, you know, that, that was just time to make my wife's Catholic guilt feel better. You know, that was why we were there. And and she told me that she told me not, not just the guilt part, but she said, you know, cause early I would kind of pull her away and we'd miss mass and, and, um, but she came to me and said, you know, I feel like I'm a better Christian when I go to mass, you know, it, it impacts me. And I, you know, the last thing I wanted to do was, you know, be a stumbling block for my wife. I mean, I knew better, as a Protestant, so okay, we're we'll get to mass, and I committed to it, and we we went faithfully. But to me, it was just a matter of time before we, uh, you know, uh, we were growing in one area, and this other thing that you know, whatever it was, um, yeah. you know, it was just going to erode over time. So. so, how long did that did that continue? I, that's one question. I also wanted to ask you, your fellow seals, was was religion pretty common among? the brothers was that a no. big draw? I mean, because i know ethics values morals um in general 
uh, seem to be very, very, very high on the on the board from what I know. So, well, it's a great question, and and, and the answer is it depends, right? Uh, the um, I, the you know, I'll talk about now. You know, I still work for the SEAL teams. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, you know, it's still my you know, kind of my work family, and uh, it, there's a lot of believers in the in the SEAL teams. Is it does it have a religious flavor anywhere? You know, my experience is no. You know, I mean that. So you know, the private. Well, first of all, there's a fairly significant Protestant evangelical. You can find those guys, uh, as I was. And then there's a, you know, kind of a, a lot of, I believe something, I believe in, in God. There are atheists, but, but it's, it's not like it's an atheistic place, but it's far from a group of choir boys. You know, I mean, it, that, that's not how you define it. So, you know, my experience, you know, particularly at that point, I look back and I'm very thankful for uh, particularly my, you know, Tom Hemingway experience I had told you about and, and that kind of um, coming to a conclusion that I that drinking was a problem for me because because that really uh, helped me you know particularly as an officer I'm supposed to be a leader you know I'm uh, uh, as a young officer what I can see now after decades is you know the pitfall of it's easy to kind of become one of the boys you know early and then you got to kind of have to scratch out you know scratch back your uh, your officer leader credibility, you know, because if, if, if you've been, you know, hanging a little bit too much, the after midnight stuff, you know, on the weekends, it's a little harder to, you know, your credibility, uh, it, it's a little harder to get back. Sure. And, and that's just my experience. You know, the um, guys would, if you ask any Christian seal, they'll give you a different version of that. But I'm very thankful that by making the decision not to drink well before that period, so that just wasn't even on the table at that point, which meant I I, I just got bored after a certain you know point in, in any evening where you know I'm I'm out and uh, and and it just it just worked it was it was uh, it wasn't that hard to just kind of maintain some of that leadership credibility, but again you know everybody's got a different experience. And so, what was my first question? Uh, oh, the period of time. So you are convinced that it's just a matter of time before you essentially end up fully Protestant in the sense that there's no more mass. Right. How, how did that all develop? And and I'd love to know where where your wife was during that, that process, <laughs> if she knew that you had kind of this secret ambition to... And it wasn't secret, you know, I, Open I mean, yeah, yeah I, and I, you know, it was just kind of, wasn't something we talked about a lot, but, but she knew uh, that I didn't, I didn't get anything out of mass, you know, that wasn't my thing. And, um, and, you know, we, we both knew we were growing greatly as Christians in, in this, you know, Bible study, Protestant Bible study environment. So, it, you know, it was, uh, it was pretty overt that went on for, you know, a good decade. And, um, and as you can see, you know, how well my plan worked, right? The, I, that's what I told the, the Catholic men's conference. I'm talking to a Catholic men's com conference as a Catholic minister. My wife wins in the end all the time, no matter what. So it's uh, don't, don't, don't cross her, you know? Um, so, so that did go on for, you know, a, a decade or so. And, um, 
So what changed was we went on a retreat back to that same place in, in Colorado, same organization, uh, same guy was there still running it. You know, it was just our favorite. We, we went every year. We took the, we'd load the kids up, drive from San Diego. And, uh, and I was actually on the board at one point of this organization. So, so we're, we're at, at this retreat and the Protestant minister who was leading, it was the retreat leader that, um, that period, I think it was a week in the summer, really uh, impressive guy. He was a retired Navy uh, chaplain, Orthodox Presbyterian. I don't know if you, you, you run into those guys. Yeah. There's some smart Bible guys, you know, they know their, so he, he knew his Bible better than probably anybody I'd ever met. I was wowed by this guy, right? Anyway, we, we struck up a relationship and you know, we put the kids down one night and had them over to our cabin and, you know, he, we're comparing notes and having a, you know, having a nice time together. And he asked us about, about our church, you know, it's kind of standard, you know, Protestant discussion is, you know, we're, cause you're always church shopping, you know, it's like, you know, where are you going? You know, so I, I kind of proudly describe our one foot in each camp methodology here, you know, cause, cause that's my mission field. And, and I, and I really did sincerely see it that way, you know, I'm, Kind of there. Yeah, we're, I'm trying to be more involved by this point in the church. We would teach the, you know, some of the Sunday school stuff. You know, I, I've got Catholic friends who, you know, I taught their kids, and and uh, they look at me now. And they, they, you taught my kids when when you were a Protestant, Christ. didn't you? <laughs> it's like, yes, I did. <laughs> so, so he comes over. I, I, you know, described this kind of proudly and. And we proceed to have a very in-depth discussion for a couple hours, and and he basically walks through why he thinks we're playing with fire. This is this is dangerous to our souls, right? I mean, this is uh, this Catholic stuff is bad, and he's got all of the horror of Babylon, uh, you know, transubstantiation, a word I had never heard in my life, and he's talking about it like, look it up, you'll you'll see, and uh, you know, and and his. I, I don't doubt it, his sincere, sincerity, um, but, and then he gave us a, a list of titles, you know, we didn't have um, Google or Amazon at the time, so, I, you know, we had to go, I had to go order them, but um, list of books that, you know, like, you should read this, and you should read this, and, and I immediately uh, went out and got the books when we got, got, um, got home, and I tore through them, and, and Bonnie was reading uh, most of them alongside me, and, and, and in my mind, my timeline just got sped up by at least five years, maybe ten. You know, I was like, "Hey, we're we're gonna be we're gonna be out of the out of the church by within a year. We just got to read a little bit more and pray about it." And uh, and we were right on the right on the cusp, I would say. And then my my bride Bonnie, um, who's smarter than I am by a long shot, you know, she had the wisdom to say, "Maybe we should see what the church has to say about herself before we leave completely." And, you know, I was a little surprised because I thought we were, you know, we were, in my mind, we were 90% out, you know, we just had a toe left in the water. And um, she says, uh, you know, so I was a little surprised, but I'm like, okay, then, you know, what could the church have to say about herself, right? So we went, you know, it's like, I know how to do that on the Protestant side at this point, you know, I'm a, become serious about studying my Bible and, and reading Christian writers, and I go to Christian bookstores, and I, I know what they look like, I know how to find what I want, you know, they're big, brightly lit, lots of rows of, of books, and, yep. and that's like, I, I don't know where the Catholic version of that is, so we had to look it up, right, and sure enough, we found a Catholic store, 
and we went in, you know, the place has been around, they since moved, but here in San Diego and um, O'Connor's and they, um, but the, their old location was, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a, uh, you know, not, not one of the up and coming parts of town, uh, storefront, and they had clearly been there decades. They had stuff everywhere. They had statues and rosaries and medals and, and all, I mean, scary for a Protestant, you know? I mean, like, oh my gosh, what did I just walk into? I, I had never been into anything like that. And vestments in the back and, you yeah. know, and, uh, and then, I, you know, it's like, and I, I think I, I, I had called ahead or looked it up in the yellow pages or something. And sure enough, you know, they said books. So I'm, I asked the lady, is there a bookstore or a book part? And she points to the back corner and this tiny little corner, you know, that looks like nobody's been to for a decade, right? And uh, sure enough, that's where the books are. And so we go back there and we're poking around and we walk out with a couple, a couple of books. Um, I don't remember one of them, but uh, the one that I do remember well was Carl uh, uh, Keating's uh, Catholicism versus Fundamentalism, right? And and that was pretty new at the time because this is you know this was in the uh, '90s, so um, I don't think it had been out that long. But um, let me ask you this real quick: um, the books yeah. that were anti-Catholic that you had read were those modern or were those closer to was it 1800s? No, it, one of them I remember reading. I'd know the name if if I heard it. You know, kind of the classic uh, history text that's probably early 1900s okay but then okay. Th then there was mo there, there were three or four and they were most of them were relatively recent you know they, they weren't they weren't near a century old kind of thing um anyway so um so we walk out with a couple books and um we both you know both start reading we each start reading one and uh but then i put one down uh, you know the, the and my wife's reading the keating book and she's, she's kind of, you know, it's like, this is interesting. And so I, you know, kind of started reading, interspersed reading with her. And um, I get through about a chapter and, and I am offended, right? I am like, you know, this is divisive, offensive, condescending. I've never recommended that book to read, to give to a Protestant since, you know, and it might be fine, but, you know, it all depends where you, where you sit at the time. But, um, but anyway, so I just put it down and, and Bonnie just kept, kept reading a little bit and she'd look up and, you know, she, I remember once she looked up and said, are we fundamentalists? Uh, and I proudly, you know, uh, puffed my chest out. Of course we are. And uh, she said, hmm. So, uh, so anyway, by chapter four or so, you know, she keeps coming at me with um, questions and, and they're open-minded, you know, questions and being the uh, sensitive seal husband that I uh, that I was at the time, I, I just got very upset eventually. And, uh, I, and I actually did the only time I've ever asked her more like told her, you know, I don't think you should be reading that stuff. It's divisive for our marriage. If we got to that point, right. This was, this was weeks, you know, through it. And, um, and I was getting ready. So, so that, that kind of, you know, went down to a dull roar. She wasn't, um, we, we had a lot, you know, we had, um, three kids under, you know, three and under, we had the fourth one on the way. I'm, a, I'm getting ready for a deployment. You know, she didn't have enough energy to, you know, to fight me. So she just kind of put it aside, but it was, it, it, you know, it kind of led to this friction in our marriage and, and we're not used to that. You know, I, 
we're, um, I, the story I told at that men's conference was the one of the two points that we've had some friction in our marriage. And that was after a traumatic event that the two of us um, had endured. And this is the other one, you know, and, and it wasn't like we were, you know, going to have, going to get divorced or anything, but we've just been blessed with, you know, joy in our marriage. You know, we've been married, you know, 34 years next month. And, um, you know, I, and still to this day, you know, it's just, uh, it's a joy to be married to my, my lovely bride. So, but this was a, and the, a lot of that joy, it wasn't like it all left, but, it wasn't near as joyful, which, you know, that's a, that's a deficit when you're used to joy, right? So, you know, so we're kind of just bumbling through this and I'm getting ready to deploy. She's just working hard, taking care of the kids and, and um, running the family. And so we, we kind of let it drop a little bit. And now I'm getting ready, this deployment's getting close and I'm, I'm packing and I'm getting ready to go. This particular deployment is the only one I did in my career on actually on a Navy ship. You know, even though I'm a Navy guy, most of my deployments were, you know, to uh, to a combat zone or to or just to a forward base, um, not not ship time. But I'm going on a ship. So I know I'm going to have a lot of time. Right. That's what you have on a ship is, you know, you still got lots of work to do. But, you know, you got 24 hours in a day. So and I love to read. So I, I brought a stack of books. Right. I, you know, probably, you know, 20. And I grabbed two or three of these books that, you know, the two that um, we'd gotten from the Catholic bookstore and another one that somebody had given her uh, was Surprised by Truth by uh, Patrick Madrid. And I just stuck them in the pile and I didn't tell her. And I stuck them at the bottom of the pile because I, I had no interest in this, but I, it was just my conscience saying, you know, I, I, probably talking to me about, I'm not being real open-minded here. So I need to, uh, I, I should at least in the calm of day without any uh, friction, go read these things. And uh, so I did that. I, I went on deployment, worked my way through the stack and eventually got down to these books. And I got there a little faster than I, uh, than I planned. Combined with uh, God just put Catholics in my way on this deployment. So, I, you know, my deal was a weekly Bible study. Well, there was one on the ship. There's a big helicopter carrier, you know, so, you know a few thousand people. So there was a, a wardroom, an officer Bible study, very, you know, just like every other one I had ever done and non-denominational, but mostly Protestant. But there was a Catholic who went and he actually knew his stuff. And, and he, he was a terrific guy. I, you know, I both worked with him and did this Bible study. And, uh, and he made me, you know, made me scratch my head and read my books a little bit more. And then I was still going to mass on ship. We had a, we had a Catholic chaplain because I had promised my wife, you know, that's what we're going to do. So I'm not going to stop just because I'm the Protestant one. So I'd, I'd go to mass. And while I was at mass, um, young Marine, you know, a bunch of Marines on, on board, young Marine uh, Lieutenant after mass one day says, uh, you want to, you know, get together and compare notes on spiritual stuff. And I don't remember what he said, but it was really an odd thing. I, you know, I didn't know him at all. And, and but, you know, I, real Catholic guy. And he quickly realized I wasn't. And all of a sudden I'm his, his mission field. And so, you know, so I'm getting bombarded by books and people and, uh, you know, all over the place during this deployment. And I'm not telling, you know, this was, uh, we didn't have, you know, good connectivity. So, you know, it, email was still just a pretty new thing, especially email underway. So, um, you know, about every you know week I could get a message to my back and forth to, to Bonnie. Uh, so I'm not telling her any of this because I'm I'm not ready to share it yet. You know, I'm not trying to be 
just, I, you know, I'm not trying to hide anything, but it, I'm just not comfortable. Like I know where, where this is going. So, uh, so anyway, that went on and on. And, and by the end of that deployment, you know, I, I kind of read and talked my way into an openness to, I, I say I did, you know, God had used all these people and in, in his providential circumstances uh, to, I wasn't, I hadn't, you know, I, I couldn't say I'm going to be Catholic, but um, I, I was now in the, wow, there, uh, there's something there that I can't quite get around yet. You know, so I came, <laughs> I came home. It was, uh, it was kind of high drama. I actually had to come home early because my um, uh, older son got, you know, really ill. We almost lost him. Thankfully, he was eventually okay. Um, my wife's seven months pregnant while my son's in the ICU. Uh, you know, my, my wife's out to here pregnant, you know, just seven months pregnant. So, you know, he couldn't get, you know, she calls all that period the dark night of the soul for her. You know, you know and, you know, and she can see it now that this vicarious uh, suffering idea, you know, she couldn't answer the why, but, you know, she connects them powerfully and, and you know, her suffering is somehow connected to my conversion because I came home and and uh, and here's how she found out right so deployment's almost over but I fly home and we're we're talking about every time you you know have a kid in the navy hospital you know just like most civilian hospitals probably um they you know it's like okay what's your uh contraception plan after uh afterwards and ours was even though we were uh, you know we were I had this protestant thing going but we had actually you know kind of Forswore all the the artificial stuff, and we were NFP uh, followers. Kind of unusual Protestant version, but you know we had had this discussion before. And uh, and Bonnie says, uh, you know, they're asking me now, and and my OB is telling me, you know, she's not sure that I should ever have any more children uh, because of how how hard this one was. Um, so maybe they should, you know, tie my tubes while at childbirth because that's the opportunity. And um, which in my Protestant world, no, uh, you know, no harm, no foul, right? No, that's, that's all okay. Yep. And, uh, and, yep. and her understanding and prioritization of that wasn't, it just wasn't on her radar as a, you know, anything grave by any means. So, uh, so she shares this with me and, and uh, my response, because she hasn't heard any of what's going on on deployment, because we're just focused on, you know, my, our son who's, you know, um, is, uh, well, maybe we should see what the Pope thinks. And she's like, what did you do with my husband? You know, she, she has, you know, and so I have to, you know, in this high drama time, I have to kind of like bring her up to speed on, on this journey I've been on for five months. And, uh, and she, and it's making her head spin. She doesn't have enough, you know, she doesn't have the energy or time to really focus on it, but, but she says, okay, let's, you know, and we, we did some searching and, and it turns out that the Pope and the church uh, care deeply about these things. And so it, it led to, you know, that was the beginning of us, you know, kind of coming back on the same sheet. And then from there on, we were journeying together and exploring it together. And, and um, it, um, it still took, um, that was 97, I think, 96 or 97. And it wasn't until 2000 that I um, actually was confirmed. But by 98, I'd say, uh, I was fully convinced and we were, you know, uh, started practicing again. I just hadn't received, you know, I was actually Catholic, it turns out, you know, and uh, so I uh, just hadn't received my, uh, you know, hadn't been confirmed. 
but um, but I was confirmed in 2000. So that's kind of the you know the the journey. I will share one other thing with you. So as I got back, you know, so I had also been detached from all my Protestant brothers, brothers and sisters, but particularly my uh, my fellow men, you know, who were close to me. And I had a, I had a several, but a couple real close um, Protestant brothers. And I'm I don't want to be a Catholic. You know, I think I know what that's like. Even though now intellectually, it's like I can see I don't have an answer to these things that I thought were pretty simple. I don't have an answer, but if I if the answer is what the church says it is, then I then I think I'm I don't have a choice. I got to be Catholic, right? You know, I, I got to be with the truth. So I'm I'm pulling every string I can to figure to you know somebody show me how you know what's wrong with the logic. You know what what's wrong with this idea that this is the church that Jesus established and it's consistent with all the church fathers and all of the history of the early church and and the novelty started much much later. And uh, so I'm wrestling with this, and I, I'm calling. My, as soon as I got home from this deployment, I'm calling my my brothers and like, hey, I'm I'm struggling here. I'm struggling with these issues. Help me. And you know, and it, they're still you know good friends, but um, they they didn't have any help for me, you know. And uh, and it, and it wasn't like I had a, all this like here's the alternative answers. They just weren't there. And you know, nowadays, I think all this stuff is easier to sort through when you have, you know, the internet available and, you know, uh, kind of thing. So there's, you know, there are counter arguments. I, I don't think they're, you know, good or valid, obviously, but, but I, boy, I was searching for them and I couldn't, um, you know, I couldn't find them. So eventually, uh, you know, I just prayed my, uh, you know, same, almost the same prayer as I had prayed on the beach a bunch of years earlier of, you know, God, I, I don't, I don't know, but, I'm going to follow you where you lead me. And, uh, um, and he's been, um, it's been a great adventure ever, ever since. And that, that absolute worst case scenario for me was, I, I just felt like the church was so dead as compared to my Protestant reality. I just didn't know that I just couldn't see uh, the joy and the beauty and the, and the intellectual tradition and all of these things that, you know, the treasures of the church are, are so great, so deep, so amazing. And I continue to unpack them every day and feel like an absolute novice, you know, and uh, know I can spend the rest of my life just unpacking those treasures. And I, I couldn't see any of that. I, all I knew was, okay, God's calling me. It's just going to be a, you know, the second half of my life is going to be pretty miserable, but I'm going to be faithful. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. How, I'm curious, how did you get the call? So 2015, you were ordained. So when did you get the call to, to, to the diaconate and how did that all play out? Because that's obviously a decade plus later. Yeah, that just amazes me. So how did that all come together? That's just God's sense of humor, you know? It's a, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, um, by the time I was confirmed in 2000 uh, at the Easter Vigil, I was, by then I could see some of the beauty and almost immediately so much more of it. And it's, you know, so the early 2000s, even though life got really crazy, especially after 9-11, you know, what, what I, I was, I knew I was in the right place, you know, all, all good. But, you know, then my work life was, you know, just eating my lunch for the next bunch of, bench, next few years. And um, so, the so just trying to you know do our best at being faithful, learn, 
throughout that time, probably by the time things started to settle down for me professionally, just, you know, not quite as crazy, even though the, the community, our, our uh, SEAL community was still, you know, at the height of it, you know, by 07, 08 for me, you know, just my assignments, I was in different places, uh, you know, just different assignments that weren't, um, uh, they weren't crushing me. We, we got a little bit more involved in, in our church. We moved to uh, the house we live at now in Tierra Santa, the uh, Ascension. So we started to uh, worship there. You know, my wife and our five kids would go to daily mass. You know, she homeschooled them um, up through up till high school. So we were visible there. But that, you know, our family was involved. Me personally, you know, I went to mass. You know, I wasn't in, very involved. You know, I, I was now deeply committed, but pretty busy. And um, I don't know what year it was. It was probably 07, 08, 09, somewhere in that range. Our pastor actually um, cornered me one day and uh, asked me to consider uh, being a deacon. And um, our kids were were still young. Our, uh, you know, my Navy career still had some runway on it. So Bonnie and I talked about it, had, had a little bit of a chuckle, you know, like, when are we going to fit that in, you know? And and I told him no, and and um, uh, but didn't. It was just bad timing, and it was. Um, uh, but in my mind, you know, okay, moving on. And then we we have we've had right in that period we had several pastor rotations, but um, then our uh, two pastors later, I think, um, came in, got the church, you know, was had the church going in a good direction, and. And much to my surprise, um, he asked me probably um, uh, 2010, so it was probably 2007, 2006, first pastor, 2010 or so, got asked again by the next pastor. And I was like, "Did was there a pass down or something? Did you, you guys compare notes? So I, I went to my wife and I was like, started to chuckle again. You know what that new pastor, you know, asked me and uh she didn't chuckle like I did. She's like, you know, I can see that. And, you know, our kids were older at this point, you know, they, they were still in the house, but um, we had a couple in college. And um, so kind of gave me pause, um, gave us pause. And uh, uh, I, uh, you know, gave it some real thought, gave it some real um, prayer, I thought. And um, I, on one of my deployments, I got pretty sick and I had to be uh, medevaced from, um, this is from, we were in northern Kuwait. We were actually about to invade Iraq, and um, I got my blood count started going the wrong direction. They had to fly me to Germany and you know do all kinds of tests and stuff. And um, why was I telling this story? It made sense to me in a minute. Um, <laughs> uh, in any event, um, oh, so what? When I, I went, yeah, they didn't quite figure it out. But a result of that was. I, I have a, a bit of a, a tremor, right? I've got a handshake and it's both hands, but it's particularly in my right hand. And, and it's, you know, not debilitating by any means. It's not Parkinson's. They did every test they could, right? But the, um, but in any event, we're, uh, uh, I, you know, prayerfully consider this and, and, you know, I'm still wearing a uniform at this point and, and this hand tremor is, makes me feel old and feeble, you know, and I, I realized I had it one day during the national anthem while I'm on stage as the, as a guest speaker, and I can't hold my salute without my hand uh, flopping all over the place, because it turns out it gets worse if I'm a little nervous, so um, that's, uh, 
you know, a little bit of uh, adrenaline from being uh, being on stage. And uh, anyway, what, it's still one of my least favorite things. You know, I realize it's part of God's uh, little bit of little tiny thorn in my side. You know, yeah. nothing like St. Paul. But um, but if I could, if he could make it go away, I, I would be very happy. In any event, I, I go back to my pastor because I've given this some real thought. You know, it's like, Father, you know, I appreciate you, you know, thinking of me, but, you know, I've got this hand tremor and nobody wants a shaky deacon holding the chalice, you know, and, and, uh, and Father Anthony's his name and Father Anthony didn't, didn't miss a beat. You know, he, he said, do you remember Moses? And, uh, you know, Moses had a speech impediment, right? And, uh, and I, as soon as he said it, I, I, I actually knew exactly, he didn't have to explain it to me. I, I I knew the story and I knew it was the answer that, you know, I really didn't want to hear it, but it was like, I can't get around that either. You know, so I, you know, I kind of tucked my tail between my legs and went and prayed some more and realized that I wasn't really being open to, hey, if God's calling me and, um, and then Bonnie and I prayed a lot and we brought our kids into it and, you know, made sure that they were, they could see it as well. And, and uh, I'll tell you, just his uh, overabundant, exuberant blessings, you know, my uh, uh, my ordination and my marriage and my ordination in that order are, you know, probably, you know, my uh, conversion, my marriage and my ordination all in uh, just the three of the biggest blessings of my life's life. The kids fall under the marriage one. So, you know, I've got to cover them. That's beautiful. I, I'm curious. And I, you you did allude to it. So all the hell that was going on in the world post 9-11, you were attending daily mass. Do you look back and and thank God for that anchor during that period of time? I'm sure it was just upside down. And like you said, you were so busy that you were, that was the one thing that you could do. Do you, I'm sure it's yeah. hard in that moment to be thankful, but now 15, 20 years later, do you ever think about yeah, that? Well, that was my wife and kids going to daily mass. Uh, that didn't fit into my. Uh, my oh, I thought you schedule. said that you were able to make it to daily mass. Okay, got it. Yeah, no, they, they did that. I would usually make it to a morning communion service early morning on my way to work. And, and yes, um, you know, I look back at that now and the, my anchor of uh, you know, got, got to have that plumb line and, um, my weekly mass and, and daily communion service. And just that what God did kind of opening my heart to the church, besides the blessings that, you know, the treasures of the church, he also, it's, it was just a, it was an act of, um, such a spiritual growth because I realized that I could be wrong on really important things. You know, this was the most important, you know, thing in my life was my faith. And I had the Jesus part right, mostly, and almost everything else wrong. And so now this is, you know, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm so much more real. I, I realize so much more that I, I do need a savior. And the, the just assurance and the, um, what an amazing thing that God left, not an, an ethereal spiritual church, but a real church that actually teaches and you know, so I, I could put my backpack, my theological back, backpack down. So I stopped worrying about any of that. And I'm still interested in that because I love the life of the mind, you know, and the, you know, I think it matters what we think. But I didn't 
you know, I don't have to get it right because like, what's the church say? Yeah. Well, my job is to be faithful. And, uh, and in the midst of all of that chaos, that was all still brand new to me. And it was such a gift. You know, my job is to be faithful and the church will tell me if I'm figure out how to let me know if um, I'm, I'm getting it wrong. So. Yeah. Hey, what you just said reminds me of this gentleman I interviewed. He was a Southern Baptist and he ended up coming to this, uh, really, really uh, obvious intersection. And he asked himself, could I be wrong about the Catholic church? And he was talking about kind of his ego up to that point to even ask that question was this huge, like a quantum leap to be able to say, could I personally be wrong? Have I researched what the church teaches? No. Have I researched what people say in protest of the church? Yes. So those questions are difficult for everyone. So I, I totally get what you're saying in the whole journey. Is there anything else that you would like to say to listeners that you think would be important related to the story, related to your personal journey? Anything? Uh, nothing I can think of, Eddie. I, I, just a uh, really appreciate what you're doing, and you know, my prayer is that uh, that that my story or any of the stories that you uh, uh, get to hear the account of through your ministry there that, that they're powerful to somebody. You know, that's what I, uh, um, you know, I, I think it's such a neat thing what you're doing because I, I know that's how most of us get reached. Is uh, you know, I can point to the people in my lives in my life that have that have impacted me and, and their personal stories, you know, the, 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 the doctrine matters, but um, you know, what you're doing is, is really cool. So uh, I, I pray that God, there's somebody out there that, that, you know, it's important to, that they hear mine. And, and if, if so, and you know, praise God. No, oh, I appreciate that. Um, it's funny when you're talking about resisting kind of that call to ordination with this channel. So if you go back a year and three months, I felt a very strong call to do exactly what I'm doing. And I said, no, that I heard wrong, or I don't even know what it was. So I, I describe it often if, as you're running, you're running from God's will, you know, it's true, you shut down. And so I did that for several months. And what was funny is that when I first heard that, or I got that conviction, I felt I was supposed to start in early January of 2021. And here I am, it's December 20th of 2020. And I said, there's no way I can do it now because the, the date that I was supposed to start, it's too close. And in that moment, I felt it even stronger than ever. You're going to call this friend, this guy, this guy, and you're going to start the channel. And it was just one of those things where if you would just say yes in the moment, it, pro it would probably work according to his plan. I mean, he can obviously work all things for the good of those that love him. And we all uh, have stories related to that, but boy, we are all stubborn at times, aren't we? So. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you, Deacon Adam. Thank you for that story. Um, it was a pleasure, like I said, getting to hear bits and pieces of the story before and i really appreciate um the fact that you can go back and recall so much of it and the fact you know god bless your wife it was bonnie right i'm not getting that wrong yeah 
So yeah, we'll be praying for your family and um, the role that you continue to serve with the Navy and everything that you do in your parish. So thank you everyone. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, like, comment, and until next time, take care and God bless. Bye.